CanadianEvergreen.com is your trusted news source for all things green, offering up-to-date news and stories from Canada's booming cannabis industry. Content you can trust from Black Press Media. Welcome to PQ Beat, a podcast of the Parksville Qualicum Beach News. Hi, everyone. Thanks for listening. I'm Philip Wolf, editor of the PQB News and Vancouver Island Daily. On May 2nd, 2021, Aerosmith Search and Rescue had a call out to rescue an injured hiker with multiple injuries. She was stabilized and extracted by helicopter. Here to talk about that day is Parksville resident Maureen LaFleche, who was rescued, and Nick Rivers, ASAR search manager. Welcome to you both. Thank you for having us. Thanks for having us here. Maureen, can you tell us a little bit about that day? Where were you hiking and exactly what happened? I was hiking with three friends and we were hiking Nile Creek. We were going up to look at the falls and all of the wildflowers that were out. And so we were on our turnaround. Next thing I know is I'm going over the cliff into the gorge and my glasses flew off and I knew I was in really big trouble. I called out. I remember yelling out, I want to live. Then there was all kinds of strange things running through my head. It's like my will wasn't updated. And the next thing I knew, I had blanked out. I woke up with my head in the water, and I couldn't figure out my space and time. So when I picked up my head, I realized I was in a V position, and my arms were up behind me, and my legs were crossed in front of me. My friends were up top, looking down at me, looking very traumatized and in horror. You know, they were asking me how I was doing, and as I was yelling out, I couldn't yell because I had a punctured lung, or I assumed that I had a punctured lung. And my arms were bent up behind me, my legs were crossed in front of me, and I was in a V position. All I could do was give them a thumbs up or a thumbs down as to how I was doing. But I could move my fingers and I could move my feet, so I knew that I wasn't paralyzed. Do you know exactly how you went over the cliff? Search and Rescue said that the cliff had gave way. You mentioned that you had feelings in your extremities. What exactly were you thinking as you were lying there? I was thinking that it was really, number one, very happy to be alive. Number two, that I didn't have a head injury. And that if I could move my hands and my feet, that I didn't have a spinal injury. Nick, what's the standard procedure when you receive a call like that? So as soon as we receive really any call of level of injury in the woods, we're responding to a BC ambulance request. First thing uh, that we do is automatically roll what we call an initial response team. So we have a team of highly trained medics and rescue personnel that uh, we put in code three trucks uh, responding lights and sirens directly to the closest navigatable point to the access point. And in this particular case, how did you assess the situation once you got there? So once on scene, there was three of us that got there uh, first. Typically speaking with Nile Creek, we respond to the highway where most people park their vehicles and hike in from the highway. Uh, we were able to ping one of the cell phones that was on site, found exactly where it was, and it's actually quite a bit closer to a logging road that runs up off of Chef Creek. Three of us continued up the highway to, to Cook Creek and then on to Chef Creek roads, and then we were able to drive in to within about 300 meters of the scene. On our initial investigation, we don't typically spend a ton of time looking for different trail accesses in. Uh, we didn't see any trail access on the road we were on, so the three of us grabbed um, everything we needed to lower down in a rope rescue environment, one first aid attendant, and just went straight through the bush. 
from the time you receive a call in that particular area, what would be the general time frame before you arrive? Typically speaking, whenever we receive a call, I have a Code 3 equipped rescue truck at my residence. And I'm typically in the vehicle within two to three minutes and en route. And then we have members responding from their residence to the scene. So I would say from the time leaving my residence to being at the trailhead, we ended up up Chef Creek, would have been somewhere around 20, 25 minutes. And then we have to load up all our gear. Progression through the bush being only 300 meters long down a really steep slope covered in trees. We really fell and rolled through the bush as more than we did hike through it. In order to clear a path to get through all the blackberries and bramble, we ended up throwing our packs through the bush and then following the trail the packs made to get through and then got down to the trail almost right on top of where the cliff edge was. Got to scene and then started kind of assessing what the best way to get in or out was. Maureen, how long did that 20-odd minutes feel until they got there? It felt like an eternity. At first it wasn't too bad and then I started to get really cold. Then time seemed to really slow down. And what was your first thought when you saw the rescue crews arrive? Oh, I was thrilled. My faith never waned at all. I always knew that I was going to get rescued, which was, you know, lots of people said to me, really, you really thought that? But yeah, I really did think that search and rescue was going to come to my rescue. So Nick, how far down was she? And take us through the process of the extraction. Yeah, when we first got there, we built a rope rescue system and sent down a first aid attendant with the three of us that were there. The rest of the team arrived with stretchers and a bunch of other rope rescue equipment required. Um, and we came down in a slightly different spot. Uh, that would have been probably somewhere in the neighborhood of 45 to 55 feet. And we were able to do some packaging and finish some first aid work and do everything we can to make it as comfortable as we can to come up. And then the team hauls us up to the top. As soon as we got on scene, uh, it was going to be obvious that this is going to take way too long to do a stretcher carry to get out. So we requested to bring in a helicopter with a hoist on it so that they can just bring the stretcher right to the helicopter and fly to meet an ambulance or straight to the hospital, whichever the determination was going to be at that time. The West Coast Traveler is an adventure in itself with content created by professional journalists and amazing photos provided by our readers. WestCoastTraveler.com is the newest travel network exploring all corners of Western Canada and the U.S. You'll see stunning photos and videos, read engaging travel features from around Western Canada and the U.S., experience all the West Coast has to offer. Begin planning your next adventure. Visit WestCoastTraveler.com. Maureen, can you detail all of your injuries? Sure. I had a punctured lung. I had a flail chest, which is defined as two or more contiguous rib fractures with two or more breaks per rib. I had seven of those. I have seven titanium plates in my ribs holding my right side together. I had compression fractures on lumbar one and three, and I had a burst thoracic 12, where I have a tear in the, uh, the rotator cuff tendon. My physio figures that uh, the labrum is partially off of the ball of the humerus. And how is your recovery coming along? It's coming along great, but I go to physio weekly. I see an osteopath once or twice a month. I see an acupuncturist once or twice a month. And I see a massage therapist once a month. Nick, how often do you hear from people who've been rescued with updates on their condition? 
It's actually very rare. We, we typically don't. I can only think on hand of maybe two or three in the last 13 years that we've ever actually heard from. Most people, it's the worst day of their life, and that's understandable. So we typically don't actively follow up, and, you know, the invitation's always there. And, you know, we love to hear from everybody. You know, we, we always want to get the feedback, and, you know, our goal is always to do better and better. We love to see how the people are doing, especially in a lot of environments that we end up in. You know, it's not always a safe thing to have to go into themselves. So when people do take risks with their own life, you know, it is a pretty rewarding experience to be able to follow up with other people that they ben- that benefited from that. And it's a, a pretty incredible thing, but it doesn't happen too often. So this is the first time that you've seen each other since that day. How nice is it to see her in person? Oh, it's fantastic. I mean, it's an incredible feeling when people are recovering and their life is forever different from that day. It's a pretty rewarding experience to know that uh, because of efforts that we've done, that this made it for the better. And Maureen, how important is it for you to get your message out to the SAR crews? Well, I think it's super important because these people are amazing. They are true angels. Without them, I wouldn't be here today, so I feel very blessed. They rescued me and that that service is available. They're professional, they're knowledgeable, they're kind, they're quick. Again, without them, I wouldn't be here. So many, 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 many thanks. No, no, thank you. It's what it's all about. That's why we do it. Nick, do you have any advice for people who might find themselves in these situations when they're out in the woods? What type of preparations can they make in case of an emergency? It's very dependent on the emergency. I I mean, you know, what we see most of the time is accidents happen. If we're out in a hiking environment up a mountain and we are in holy soles or open-toed sandals, we're putting ourselves in a pretty big position where, you know, it's, it's going to happen. Proper footwear is probably one of the biggest things that we see that causes incidents in the wooded terrains. Beyond that, you know, accidents happen. Uh, having good communication devices, knowing in your environment is there cell service, and if there's not, how are we going to communicate out that we need help? Because those delays can be life-changing. We're absolutely here to come into our best to help everybody and, and respond as quickly as we can. But in the remote areas, it can take a little bit of time to, to get to you. So, you know, be prepared to be there for a little bit. Why spend hours searching dealerships, comparing makes and models? Find the best of BC's inventory in one place, todaysdrive.com. You'll have access to inventory across BC where you can easily find a vehicle that fits your needs and gets you where you need to go in comfort. Get in the driver's seat. Don't miss out on the many options we have available for you. Powered by Black Press Media, todaysdrive.com connects you with exclusive new and used car deals. Can you update us a little bit on your new operations center, how that's going, and ongoing fundraising efforts? We're moved in to our new center at the Qualcomm Beach Airport. Uh, we're not quite finished all the interior and exterior finishings of the building, but we're operational out of there now. We're still working on some signage, uh, setting up the office and classroom spaces, you know, we're getting projectors and proper tables and areas to store our training materials inside for, for teaching new courses. Uh, we are bringing on new recruits, and we had a recruitment drive that started yesterday. We'll have the classroom space finished for their class to start on June 18th. Um, we're fundraising, obviously, right now. We, we do have a mortgage on the building, so um, we do have monthly payments, which for a largely non-funded organization isn't the most comfortable feeling. We, we don't have a monthly income, but we do have monthly expenses. 
we're obviously working on bringing that down while at the same time, you know, we're working that into, you know, maybe a manageable level where we can start growing our operational needs again. The facility's awesome, but we've had to put pretty well every penny we've had over the last seven or eight years towards that building. And it's definitely left us some gaps in operational equipment needs that we would like to have. So we're currently doing a, a bit of a review and, and making a plan right now on you know, how we can work on paying off our debt and start building our operational capacity back up again. Always something to fundraise for and keep moving forward so that we can continue to offer expeditious rescue services. What's the best way to reach your group? So our, we have a brand new website that went live yesterday, which is aerosmithsar.ca. Um, and that has all of our contact information on it. Monitor our Facebook page quite regularly and typically get back to any comments that are posted on that uh, within an hour or so. If it's an emergency, 911. We don't have a dispatch service. If you're in an emergency, make sure you call 911. Maureen, what message would you have to the public about the value of a good search and rescue system? They are amazing. And if you're looking to make a donation someplace, I would suggest that... Uh, Aerosmith Search and Rescue or any search and rescue in your neighborhood would be a uh, great place to donate your money to. Are you back out hiking again? I am, but progress has been slow. So right now I'm doing about 8 or 10 kilometers per day. I'm not doing a lot of really hilly terrain. Most of it's been pretty flat right now. If there was just some way to express how you felt and towards the SAR, what would it be? They saved my life. Yeah, I can't thank them enough. Like I say, my faith never waned. I always knew that they were coming. I was forever thankful, and I will be forever grateful to them. And I just felt very blessed that I am alive because of them. Maureen, Nick, thanks for joining us today. Thanks for having us. Thank you for having us. That's this edition of PQ Beat, produced by the Parksville Qualicum Beach News. Thank you for joining us. If you have suggestions for topics or guests, we would like to hear from you. You'll find our contact information on our website, pqbnews.com. The West Coast Traveler is an adventure in itself with content created by professional journalists and amazing photos provided by our readers. WestCoastTraveler.com is the newest travel network exploring all corners of Western Canada and the U.S. You'll see stunning photos and videos, read engaging travel features from around Western Canada and the U.S., experience all the West Coast has to offer. Begin planning your next adventure. Visit WestCoastTraveler.com.